Welcome to Something Like Therapy. We hope you enjoyed our last episode where we discuss the issue of codependency. Join us as we go through the final points and we begin to unfold ways that you might be stuck in the crazy cycle of codependency. Hope you guys enjoy. Welcome back. Um, if you are binging and you just listened to last week's episode, we're continuing that one. So maybe like welcome back isn't the right thing. You're just like, dude, I literally just heard you guys. But to us, it isn't. So welcome back from us. Welcome back. We are... Um... <clears throat> you lost your breath. I... <laughs> I take your breath away still. So that's I, cool. I, yeah. Yeah, sorry. You took my breath away. Uh, We're back to cover the last seven points that we began. Uh, Sorry, I am so not here today. I don't know what's going (laughs) on. We're just going to let it roll. We're not even going to restart. You guys know what we're talking about. Yeah, we... uh, What Jess is trying to say is that we're going to continue. Yes. Uh, This is part two of the signs of codependency in a relationship. So... I think we gave you seven points last time, so we're here to mm-hmm. finish off that list of signs um, that you may, in fact, be in a codependent relationship. So mm-hmm. either the dependent one or the one that uh, is dependent on the dependent one, I guess, <laughs> however we phrased it last time. I think time. it just comes down to being codependent. Yeah, you're just dependent. So, um, so Whatever yeah, we'll... codependent looks like to you, um, that's that's what, what it is. Yeah, so... Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll jump right into it um, and get those ones taken care of. And uh, like I said, uh, we'll start off on where we left last time. Uh, the last point we made, um, which thinking about it kind of retrospectively looking back, uh, maybe we should have continued or at least hit that last point with it. But because um, the next point or the last one we did was you have abandonment issues. Um, and we kind of discussed that. Uh, but the next point we wanted to bring up is you have trouble being alone, which mm-hmm. someone who has abandonment issues is exactly that. They have a fear of being alone or someone leaving them alone. Um, but definitely uh, this one rings very, very true, I would imagine, with codependency. Um, and that's probably a main reason as to why you are dependent on the other person in mm-hmm. the relationship is that you don't – you have this fear – that if I'm not with this person, I'm not going to be able to be with anyone um, or which we've heard, uh, you know, or you, I'm sure you've heard people that are in these kinds of relationships say like, you know, no, this person is the only person I can be with. They're the only mm-hmm. one that understands me. They're the only one that gets me, um, which I mean, everyone's been in these kind of relationships or everyone's been in a relationship to where you just become so comfortable with a person that it really does feel like that. Like you're just like. You know, little quirks about yourself, the way you respond to things, like, I don't know, like, that person just knows you so well because Mm -hmm. you guys have spent time together, obviously, and and you're close. So you begin to, like, create this kind of false narrative in your head, like, well, no, I will never be that close to someone. Um, And obviously this is, you know, with, like, younger people or maybe people that haven't been in a lot of relationships where... That whole, you know, the whole feeling is still new. You know, the relationship is, or just being in a serious long-term relationship is still new to them to where 
you know, I've invested so much time and, you know, time may be <laughs> relevant only in, in their world of how much what time is when, you know, you look at it, people have been with someone 17, 20, 25 years, 50 years. Um, but, you know, whatever it is, like your relationship is, um, you know, that is, is everything. It's, it's your world, which it should be. So, again, you have a false narrative of believing like no one else. You'll never be able to get that close to someone else. So you have that fear of like if I if this ends up going to crap and we have to break up or we do break up like I'm never going to have that again so you have that mm -hmm. fear of like I'm going to end up alone you know so yeah um number eight is very much the fruit of number seven where you have abandonment issues and that leads to having trouble being alone mm -hmm. being comfortable with just yourself um because becomes the alone part becomes almost like a trigger of mm -hmm. like well I'm alone and I'm there's no one here to either take care of me, to listen to me, to hear me. And the abandonment just becomes so noticeable, so highlighted, you know, because you feel, again, alone. Um, and I want to say that a lot of the times, because you, you mentioned people in their younger, younger age, you know, their younger years tend to kind of have this type of dynamic in the relationship where they have to do everything together be together you know 24 7 and if they're not together now with technology they need to be texting at some in some way shape or form they need to have a contact with this person right so um i think a lot of times if a particular person already has abandonment issues from a very young and young age and they don't address them then this leads to the fear of being alone. So mm -hmm. what happens is that now you not only see this type of behavior or dynamic in the relationship at a very young age or, you know, maybe in your teens or 20s, it will spill over into your 30s, your 40s, your yeah. 50s. You have people that are still, you know, now into the, you know, middle age that, still tend to have this type of codependent relationship because they never truly addressed the ab abandonment issues that they have yeah. so i mean things that people go through like childhood traumas you know and it mm -hmm. any of the topics we've talked about or will talk about like yeah they they lead to just toxic relationships in general um when you don't address them and exactly. you don't get the help and therapy that you need mm -hmm. um and then also too i wanted to also address like we said um one where it was like you know people that are in maybe younger or have newer relationships or maybe are in their first long-term relationship um about the whole feeling like well i will i'll end up alone because no one else will ever get me the way that this person does um that could also be in you know people that have had maybe you know high school sweethearts and been together since they were 16 and now they're in their 40s and they get a divorce and the, you know they they're just like, I know, how do I live? How do I, mm -hmm. you know, I, there's no way I can date. I don't even know how to date. No one's going to understand me because they've only known one person their whole life. So, um, it, you know, it could be older people and younger people that, mm -hmm. that kind of have, again, that false narrative that they create. Um, and then the thing is, is that being alone, like, I mean, not necessarily, like if you have a fear of being alone, doesn't mean you're a dependent person because it's our natural instinct as human beings to want to be in a community, to want to be with someone, to want to be around mm -hmm. someone. So I think it's natural to have a fear of being alone. Um, and that's the whole thing. You know, 
like with, you know, if you go through self-care and self-help and, 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 you know, all these things about finding inner peace, you, I believe you truly have inner peace when you are okay by yourself, when you can mm-hmm. be alone, when you don't need to be talking to someone or, or be on social media or, or, or anything like that. You, you just find, have a calm and a serenity of just being by yourself. So, um, it's something that all of us can work on, you know, dependent or not, like it's something we all feel and go through, but, um, yeah, no, I was just thinking that. Yeah, no. And it's kind of like what I said with the being comfortable with just yourself, with your own thoughts. And if for some reason, those feelings of abandonment or those thoughts of abandonment come up, you're comfortable enough to, to feel them and to process them and, and to, you know, to, to work through them. Mm. And that's what happens with people that are in a codependent relationship. They don't want to feel that. So they need that blanket, which is the other person, a distraction. You know, it even, it could even be like a friendship, you know, where you're just like, oh my God, I'm feeling this way and, and, and I don't know what to do. And honestly, there's, there's a difference between having someone there to, you know, to vent, to like process, to talk and, you know, versus having someone there that you need to walk you through every single step of your day like it's very 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 different so yeah the dangers of just being in a codependent relationship or friendship could really it causes a lot of harm within relationships and i think too for the person that is in a relationship with someone that is codependent you really need to ask yourself, why are you making yourself readily available for this person all the time? What is it that's bringing you back into the situation that's keeping you in this cycle and that's keeping it going? Yeah. You know, because there's a there's some form of addiction there also that is causing you to almost kind of enable this yeah. um, this type of behavior. You know, and, and I don't think. I, I'm pretty sure 100. You're not saying um, that when you're in a relationship, you you know got to keep your head on a swivel and like always be looking for signs of this and that of yeah. like what's wrong. No, that's that's not what we're trying to say. But like the thing is, is that being a responsible and healthy adult, you know, or a health or having a healthy relationship, is to keep your eyes open to just signs that come up within yourself or within your partner. Um, to where you see like, okay, this isn't, this isn't good. Like we've kind of changed or something's happened here, or maybe we've never recognized it before, but we've always kind of put ourselves in this kind of repetitive, you know, toxic trait that we have. Um, you know, because you always want to continue to better yourself and to continue to better your relationship and find ways to help your partner better themselves. Um, by, you know, again, like we talked about what I think was number one, like open discussion, open and honest discussion Mm -hmm. about like, Hey, this seems off or this doesn't feel right. Um, and noticing those kind of signs or symptoms that, that pop up and say like, Hey, why, you know, have you ever thought like why we're like this? Or does, do you feel comfortable with that? Maybe I don't feel comfortable with that. Um, and have those discussions about it. Cause if you don't, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. So Mm -hmm. then, then you're just kind of like, you're stuck in assumption of like, yeah. well, you know, maybe this is how this person likes it. Or maybe, yeah. you know, they think this is how I like it. So, yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like number nine and number ten could kind of go into one. Um, well, what I was going to say on nine <laughs> maybe doesn't 
like unless it does i don't know but let well let's see go ahead what what are nine and ten and then we'll discuss uh, so number nine you feel lost when you're not with the other person and number 10 you have low self-esteem okay um which i feel like seven eight and nine kind of <laughs> they you know? all kind of relate <laughs> they That's, kind of you relate know. but you feel lost when you're not with the other person okay i'll give a perfect example a personal example um, when I was going through a whole lot with my mental health, I came down with like really bad debilitating anxiety and I couldn't be alone. I felt like I couldn't be alone. I, it, it got really bad to the point where, you know, Derek had to take some time off of work so he can be with me. And very quickly that became like my crutch, like my comfort zone where I needed you to be there like at all times and it ended up kind of spilling over into my personal life like my outside personal life outside of the house where if we were going to hang out with friends i needed you to be there and and i very quickly became very dependent on you being my safe place which there's nothing wrong with that until it is wrong (laughs) because I thought that you were like my, not only like my safe place at home, but now outside of the house to where if you weren't there, I didn't know how to talk to people. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to just, you know, be outside in the world. It's like panic and anxiety like really kicked in. And I know that's a little bit of an extreme situation, but because I was obviously going through something. But I think we can do that even if you're not going through anxiety or, you know, whatever it is that you might be struggling with. Like we can make someone be our everything in a way that becomes a a very heavy load for the other person to carry. Mm. And before we know it, it's it's either you do something with them or you just don't do it at all. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of what happened with me. Where I, if you weren't like at my arm's reach, I just would freak out, you know? And I, I probably didn't like really say it a lot because I was obviously kind of embarrassed because I've always been so independent and I could be out with my friends and I was fine, but it got to the point where I couldn't. Yeah. So um, I noticed that that really started to just affect even just me going out with my friends like everything was you know with you (laughs) well can Derek come like and which again I mean being a married couple which a lot of married couples and I think this is what you were touching on you know right before we brought up this point where sometimes they create this dynamic where like well we do everything together or we just don't do it at all and I'm not saying that that's wrong but I do feel that we are still individuals and i think we talked about this in the last the last episode like we are still individuals we're still our own person mm. you know me as a as a woman like i need to have female relationships and have conversations with them that i wouldn't have with you and it's not because i'm keeping anything from you it's just that no, you just want to talk about me that's what it is <laughs> it's just that we're girls and there's things that i'm sure you have zero interest in and that's okay i'm not gonna freaking you know bash you for that but we're still individuals and vice versa with you you know you're still a guy and you want to have guy conversations with other guys 
Um, but I feel like sometimes, especially in like the marriage community, you or even if you're not married, you're just a couple, you create this like, I don't, I, I almost this identity where, again, when I'm repeating myself from what we talked about in the first episode, where you're literally just this one cluster and this cluster has to go everywhere mm-hmm. together. And it, I feel that when you lose yourself in that way, you do kind of begin to almost kind of lose connection with each other because you're, you no longer can really know yourself without this person and you kind of begin to lose yourself. I feel, I feel, I'm, I'm, I'm sure other people don't feel that way. Some people really, we had a couple of friends that were like, they did everything together with their spouse and if we ever mention like you know hey let's have a girls night or a guys night like it was it was a thing like it i could tell it was something they weren't comfortable with yeah and um i'm not bashing their their relationship i'm just saying that for me personally i don't think that would work because i feel like i'm still you know my own person and even as someone that was again using my husband like as a crutch I knew that was very unhealthy and I knew that I couldn't keep that going because it was going to create some kind of friction between um, you and I. Yeah. I mean, I, cause I looked at it and I mentioned like, I don't feel like they go the same, but, or they go together, but they can is because kind of like what you started to say, or you did say in the beginning of like, there's been a couple of times or I mean, a good amount of times where we've done stuff separate and we mentioned to each other, like there was the time, you know, I think you went to like a festival or a concert out of state. And then there was the time that I took a trip with a friend and we went to like Arizona for um, spring training. And we both kind of agreed, like we came home, you know, it was separate times, whatever. But we both said like, it does feel weird to like be out, you know, like travel, you know, take a long uh, car trip or be on a plane or whatever. Just be out and then not have you there. Um, because it just, we, you know, because we do so much stuff together, it just, you know, we think we even might've said, like, felt like a little lost, like kind of like just off, you know, um, which that is perfectly, I would understandable and perfectly fine because that's kind of how you should feel like, you know, that's your spouse or that's your partner. Like you guys do everything together. So it should feel off. I think it becomes toxic when like you mentioned, like debilitating where, no, I physically can't go. Like mm-hmm. they, I already know. Like I have a panic attack or something. I just, you know, I can't. I just freak out. That's when it's like, okay, maybe we should take a step back and analyze, you know, a little bit as to why. What is that? Like that's not healthy. Um, because anywhere, I mean, and I'm sure you guys have heard from you know hundreds, of thousands of times from any, any like relationship, um, you know, self help or relationship help books or whatever that exactly what you said you need that time apart like you need to have guy time you need to have girl time you need separate lives um you know to an extent like obviously Mm -hmm. if you're just always out with your friends and she's always out with her friends and that that's the majority and every now and then you guys do stuff together yeah again it's balance 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 is everything in life Mm -hmm. but having that time is is necessary so yeah when you, like the statement, you feel lost when you're not with that person, there's the healthy side of it. Like, yeah, because we're just so used to each other when I'm going somewhere, it just feels weird. Like even to go to the store by myself feels weird. Like we're always at the store together um, is one thing. 
but to like not be able to do something because you suffer from anxiety when you're not by that person yeah that's when it's like yeah that's that's not good and having the low self-esteem i mean you Mm -hmm. kind of were going into it um yeah that's definitely i would imagine can be a cause of that because and maybe that's what causes the dependency in the sense of like i only feel confident in myself or i only feel strong or i only feel like i can express my opinion or safe when i'm with this person and then when they're not there i don't yeah that's that's you know a a big part of that could be low self-esteem. You don't have confidence in yourself to take care of yourself, provide for yourself, to just get through your day-to-day mm-hmm. um, unless that person is there to help you as your crutch, you know, so. Yeah, and goes back to what I was saying with being alone with your thoughts. And and you, I think you did say this, where, like, being alone doesn't necessarily mean being alone like no one's there but but not being by their side Mm -hmm. not being by the by the side of the person that you're in a relationship with so you you feel alone because you're so used to being with them at all times right so to sit and just be okay with the uncomfortable thoughts of like or you know what are they doing if you have trust issues this might be something where low self-esteem kicks in where well, what are they doing and, and why haven't they reached out to me and why they haven't, yeah. haven't they called me, you know, or even like I related to the anxiety, like, oh my God, why isn't he here? And I'm, I feel like I'm in a panic and, you know, uh, it, it's, it, it gets to the point where that becomes yeah. very, very toxic and it's just a lot for the other person exactly. to handle. I feel it's like it's too much worse for people in relationships that maybe suffer from that kind of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, anxiety or, or, or trust issues or whatever. Um, because it's just, you know, we live in a society of instant, like texting, messaging, Mm -hmm. DM, like all of it to where you should be at my fingertips. Like before it was like, you know, go back like 20 years. It's like we all didn't have phones. It was like, yeah, you might go a whole, oh my God, heaven forbid. I went a whole half day. I didn't talk to my girlfriend or something like, or talk to my wife. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, that's just because it was at work or I was out, you know, like, but nowadays, you know, there's some people that I know where it's just like, you're with them and they're just texting. It's like, and I, you don't even have to ask, like, who are you texting? Like, you just yeah. automatically yeah. know. And it's like, <laughs> wow, you can't, like, do they need that reassurance that mm-hmm. you're not, what, you haven't ran away to Mexico? Or like, well, what are you doing? You know what I'm doing. Like, right. this is, I'm, I went out to do this. Why would you, like, it's just, I don't know. So that's where you get into that dependency of like, I need. I at least need that reassurance that I text them like, "Hey, just thinking about you," or just to know like they're mm-hmm. alive. Where and like I said, I feel like it's gotten worse for relationships in our day and age because again, it's just there's so many ways to be at someone's well, fingertips. Now we got our watches. You can't even say, "Well, my bad. I didn't have my phone on me." Yeah, you oh, had your shit. watch. You have your watch <laughs> that freaking alerts you and lets you know, right. like, what well, do you know, what do you can't, and, and now yeah. you can respond on your watch. So it's like you see all these like no reason no memes excuse. and TikToks where it was like one where it was a wife like, oh. Uh, I'm watching my favorite show, and it's just the wife sitting in front of the TV uh, with the tracking, the monitoring of where oh, her the- husband is at. <laughs> and then, or the other one was like, "Wow, just watching my husband drive home from work when I didn't even get a text that he's on his way. Like, uh, wow, what's he up to? Like, what? yeah, <laughs> exactly. The, and, and these are jokes, right? But, but yeah. and that did very real. Yeah, that in dips many into lives. trust issues, yeah. which this you know codependency and trust go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So it's like you can be a codependent person that does have trust issues or doesn't like i would imagine if you 
are codependent and you have trust issues, it's like, oof, that's like a double. And let me, let me say this, that if you don't feel some kind of way when you're spying on your your spouse or your significant other, then you got some issues. Yeah. Because... Like, if that's the norm for you. That is... that. I'll just say, that's kind of sick. Like, that's kind of <laughs> sick in the head. And that's not okay. And, you know, I... I, I don't say this to like, oh my gosh, like I'm not that kind of person, but um, you had taken a road trip, you know, for work a, a few weeks ago and you came back really, really late mm. and we were in, I mean, we were talking, I knew where you were at, but I was really afraid of you going down this road um, that you had to travel to come back home. It's, it's a horrible, very dangerous road. Yeah. So um, you, we had talked and I, I was waiting for you to come home. And I went on the, on the, cause obviously we share our location and I was about to fall asleep. I was like, okay, I need to know at least if he's close by, <laughs> like I can go to sleep and I don't have to be worried. And I looked on your location and it showed that you were, I think you were like an hour away or something. And I don't know why I just felt so guilty, like looking at your location as if I was spying on you. <laughs> and I thought like, oh my gosh, like I know I would never, I would never spy on you. It was a genuine you know, I was really scared because it was so late already and I know had you had been driving for hours. So if you don't get that feeling of like I don't wanna say guilt, but but more of just like this this isn't a normal thing to mm. be watching your spouse where he's at at all times or where she's at, whatever. If you don't get that feeling and you're you you almost kinda get off on just watching where they're at, Having like that control, that's I guess. very very scary <laughs> and i don't think i there's there's something about privacy that i think no matter how long you've been with someone that we have to respect and i'm not saying that this is a, a get out of jail you know free card to to be you know deceiving or to lie or to keep secrets i'm not saying that but there is a boundary that I think we need to, yeah. you know, we just, you don't need to say it. We just need to be, you know, very honest with each other. If I have a question about maybe if you get a text message, I'm not going to go and try to find, you know, because obviously your laptop gets your text messages, mm -hmm. right? I'm not going to go and scroll through your message. I'm going to ask you. Yeah, that's... And then if I feel at that point that you're not being truthful then I'm going to take it a step further, but I'm going to let you know, hey, I'm not really trusting the situation right now. Yeah. Um, I, You and I don't have that kind of relationship. We don't, we don't have that. We have in the past, like this is way, way, way yeah. in the past when we first, you know, got together, which that's normal. It's just people, you know, you're paranoid yeah. when you first get with someone. Younger but that, too, yeah. Exactly. But if that behavior continues... And I'm my my self esteem is really affected by that. Then then I really need to communicate yeah. that. And and this doesn't speak to you know those that are in relationships with people that have you know addictive or, or overcoming addiction and things like that. Right. To where right. you know they openly ask their spouse or their partner, I want you to be my accountability partner. Or maybe they don't. They get it from a friend or something. Hey, I need you to hold me accountable. So, and, and there's different things that go on phones and laptops to where, you know, that person who you 
have an agreement with can see what you're seeing and kind of go through your stuff. But again, it's having that open dialogue with mm-hmm. whoever, you know, if it's if it's within your relationship with your partner, like, hey, I struggle with this, so I'm asking you to do this. And, and that's, that's completely uni- that's different. Situation. Yeah, that's a completely yes. different thing, you know. And again, I would hope even with, with that, because, you know, overcoming addiction, is it's it never stops. It's an, for the rest of your life, it's ongoing. But you still strive to get stronger and stronger and stronger to where mm-hmm. you need less and less. Like, you feel that you need less and less, you know, accountability with it. You know I can, I, I'm doing this and I'm, I'm strong in it. And again, I, I at least believe, you know, in my life, like, I don't have addictions to things uh, that at least, you know, like physically or mentally, um, you know, drain me. Football. Um, fantasy football. Oh God, we're so close, guys. <laughs> it is less than two weeks away. Anyways, um, but Do I'm addicts saying addicts know they're addicts. <laughs> exactly right. right? <laughs> but what I'm saying is, um, you know, maybe it doesn't. Maybe for those people that that suffer from addiction and need accountability, they need that same accountability forever, and that's good. You you mm-hmm. you are being mature about it. You have an open dialogue with your partner as to what your needs are and and, and everything. So that's that's perfectly good. And we're not we're not speaking to that. We're speaking to the other ones that it's it's just a matter of like because you have issues with trust, you're just gonna track your you know your boyfriend mm-hmm. or your girlfriend like that, and you just do it behind their back. Like that's when it again it always comes back to honest, open dialogue. So right, and this leads into the um, number eleven point where you often cancel plans with others to be with them. Yeah, that's the same with like it's, not you know you feel lost when you're not with them. So yeah. like I can't go hang out with the boys, and uh, I'm just gonna say something came up because I know it, we're going somewhere that she can't go. So I'm just gonna say I need to cancel for this because I don't want to make it awkward. But it's or like, or I cancel my plans because then that leaves a window open for you to do something with somebody else. You know, meaning. If I'm if I have plans with my friends, then you might make plans with your friends. So oh, okay. I just cancel. So that so you, that I would have to. Cancel. You don't have that opportunity yeah. to cancel. This is how girls think. This is how girls <laughs> think. Yes, man, you guys a long time, huh? <laughs> you guys go deep in it. I mean, this is how girls think, and honestly, I'm not going to say just girls, but you know, this is how oh, how people same, with yeah. with insecurity, with low self esteem, with you know, fear of being alone with abandonment issues. That's what they do, you know, and I've been there. I'm not going to sit here and say that I've never done something like that. I've been there. You know, I was in a relationship before you and there was a lot of just a lot of cheating, a lot of lies, a lot of toxic behaviors. And honestly, in the beginning of our relationship, it was hard to not compare my relationship with, I'm sorry, compare our relationship with my past relationship. So it, it took a lot of practice to yeah. not treat this relationship the same way that I was treating my past relationship. So that was a lot of relationships in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I just I just feel that it takes a lot of self-awareness and, and admitting to yourself that, hey, even though this is something that I'm used to doing, it's not okay to do. It's not okay mm-hmm. to manipulate something, to try to make excuses for why you, you know, you need to be with them at all times. You know, there's, there comes a point in your life where you really have to ask yourself, why am I 
you know, behaving this way and why do I need to have this person with me all the time? Yeah. It's understanding your value. And that's what a lot of people, especially when you're young, you don't, you don't value yourself or you don't understand Mm -hmm. your value. And, you know, I, I like, I'm sure everyone, um, you know, my like high school relationship, same thing where we went back and forth on a lot of like trust issues and jealousy and like, it, it was just bad, you know, but it's like, Again, when you're young, everything's still so new. Um, And, you know, you kind of go through these things to get life experience. Um, But then there's people that kind of never get out of it. They're Mm -hmm. they're still, you know, they're like in their 20s or 30s. And they still have high school relationships because they never grew as a person. And then they found someone else that never grew as a person. So they're kind of just stuck in that everything that we've been discussing. Like needing each other. And they they tend to have codependent relationships. Mm -hmm. But... You know, again, it's just all about going through the experience of being in, you know, I'm not saying you have to have multiple relationships or have all these relationships in order to grow. You can be in one or two and just gain from it because you go through whatever you have to go through during that relationship and you you learn from it, mm-hmm. you know, and even if you stay in that relationship, you guys learn together and you grow together. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, you know, what you said about just knowing your value knowing your worth it's such a it's such a beautiful thing to discover that because it goes right into the set the next point of um you can't set boundaries Mm -hmm. i think when you can understand your worth and you can value yourself your boundaries will go up like (laughs) you without even trying you'll just know that hey this is not okay Like this behavior, what we've been doing, it's, it's, it's really bad, you know? And when you have, when you don't have enough self-love, enough awareness, enough care for yourself, you have a very hard time setting boundaries. And that will show across the board, not just in your, you know, like personal relationship as far as your intimate relationships, but this will spill over into everything this will spill over into the cashier that you encounter at the store (laughs) you know she can say something (laughs) this is going to sound stupid but you know they can offer you to sell you something you know you don't need it and you just don't know how to say no and you're just like okay you know i mean it sounds so dumb but once you can understand the power of your yeses and your noes and how far they can really go and using them wisely you're i mean it's going to sound dramatic, but you can take over the world. Yeah. <laughs> like you literally will be able to feel so empowered and you'll know that there's things that are not okay. And you will set that hard boundary, no matter how hard it is yeah. to, to implement that and in, in how the other person's going to be affected. You're not going to compromise what it is that you know is important to you. Yeah. And your partner should be the number one person in your life to where it's the most comfortable to set boundaries. And mm-hmm. a lot of the times, you know, just because, I don't know, as, as men and women, like we have this idea of our relationship, like it's this w- weird foreign, like, oh, like, you know, because and, that, and that's because you guys probably don't have open dialogue. You don't discuss things. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, your partner should be the person that you're the most closest to and that you have the ability to openly share your and express your feelings, your wants, your desires, what you like, what you don't like. Um, but so many times you see people that are like, 
you you see like a you know whatever you see a person this guy or girl and they're so confident and like they don't let anyone get over on them they speak like nope i'm standing my ground maybe someone from work or maybe just a friend and you just think like oh man they they're just so they have much so much confidence in themselves and um they're not cocky or anything but they just they know who they are and they they know their value and you think like oh man their their relationship must be so great then you come to find out that they just have like such a rocky or broken relationship because when they're around their partner, be it for whatever reason, um, they just don't have that same value, that same confidence. Mm -hmm. And they just, oh, because it's like, it's so much harder to talk to my wife or it's so much harder to just, you know, bring this up and discuss this with my husband. And it's like, why? They, that, that should be the number one person that you feel the most comfortable with. So yeah, a, a lot of the times, um, you know, you're able to set boundaries at work or with friends, but then you can't tell your spouse that I, I really don't like this. I don't, I don't like when we do this or, you know, even if it's like, like intimacy and sex, mm -hmm. like wh what I like for sex, what I don't like for sex, when I want sex, what's when I don't. Word? Yeah, what, exactly. <laughs> what's your safe word? Like, oh, I, we, we don't talk about those things. Like, you don't talk about those things. How do you have sex with your partner, but you guys don't talk about sex? Like how does it happen then it's just like you yeah. trip and fall and land in there like how, how did how does it come up like and that's you know obviously that'll a be whole, our next episode yeah that's guys. a whole other that'll episode be our next episode <laughs> a whole other episode because i literally was gonna i found something about like that whole thing initiating sex so that might be our next episode but anyways it going with like setting boundaries in your relationship yeah that is that's key and that, mm -hmm. that's just like a key for like having just a healthy overall not something in, in an independent relationship just in a normal healthy relationship mm -hmm. being able to set boundaries with your partner so and um that goes into our next point you feel trapped in the relationship so mm -hmm. when you don't have healthy boundaries and you can express yourself and you have very very poor communication you, you really do feel trapped and it makes you feel like you have to almost kind of become an, another person, you mm -hmm. know, to be able to be in this relationship. So it's either you fake it or you just, you know, you bail out and and without even any explanation, you know. So in most people, especially someone that's codependent, because they rather fake it than be alone. So, you know, the, the chances of them bailing out are very, very slim. So they'll fake it and they'll stay in the relationship and then they'll feel just trapped. Like yeah. there's no, there's nothing else. Well, I'm not going to find anyone that's really going to understand me or I've been in this for too long or they've just, I've put in too much time and, and you know, there's so many people that are in relationships that I'm, and, and they've been together for years, for years and, and. You know, we were just having a conversation with someone and we told them within a blink of an eye, before you know it, it's 10 years later and you're still in the same situation. And this could be, again, this could, this doesn't have to necessarily just, you know, play in, in, in a part in a relationship, intimate relationship. This could be a friendship. This could be a job. This could be religion. Mm -hmm. This could be... Yeah, you could be trapped you in your relationship with your religion. You could be trapped in a codependent mm -hmm. relationship with your religion and your church and your congregation. Or, oh, God. or like you said, like at a job too. Like, at a job, yeah. you know, where you just can't say no. And, you know, before you know it, it's just been so many years and now you just feel like there is no other way. This yeah. is it. This is it. This is my life. 
you know, and yeah. what, what are you going to do? I would say that with, you know, bringing it back to like the relationship, um, maybe the person that, you know, like we both, well, like we said, you're both dependent because the dependent one and then the one that, you know, gets dependent on they they kind of get dependent on that person depending on them. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, I would say more so for the person that gets dependent on being dependent on, um, maybe they make that realization like, wow, this is really unhealthy. Um, you know, the person that I'm with just, they, I, they're like, they can't do anything unless I'm here. I, I have to help them with everything. And like, you know, we've, we've tried to maybe like separate and it's just ended bad, like with whatever. And they can feel trapped because mm-hmm. then they just like, well, they, they begin to like either feel a guilt or a shame for even wanting to step away because it's like, this person needs me. And like, you know, that person's always been there for me. And like, how am I just going to leave? You know, mm-hmm. like that, that's, that's called feeling trapped. And if it's worse, if you're with someone that understands that you may be feeling that or going through that. And because they're so dependent on you, begin to manipulate things to where it's like, now it goes into like gaslighting. And it's like, you know, it can get very, very ugly. Um, But feeling, you know, feeling trapped in any relationship. And again, like we said, intimate, friendship, work, religion, whatever. It's hard because you kind of have to fight off. Like you, you have this gut feeling like, I don't, like this <laughs> you know mm-hmm. that's like the initial like foundation i don't like this and what begins to eat at you or come at you from all sides is like well maybe it's because of this or have you looked at yourself like or maybe you're doing this or and it's like all these voices in your head and that's just like your your guilt your shame your ego just like nagging you to not truly express and be who you're supposed to be you know mm. and we, anyone that knows the ego obviously knows it's just it's the antagonist against your inner peace like because they don't it doesn't want you it 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 has control of you how you think and if you ever feel exactly how you really feel and express that then you begin to kill your ego so of course it's going to attack you so it's you get trapped in the god complex yeah where you become the savior you become the person that this other person cannot be without you know, and and if you're a martyr, then you love it because it's, it's just like, oh, I I have to I I'm strong oh, for yeah. both of us. There's something <laughs> so narcissistic about people that are are martyrs. Like yeah. it, anyone that tells you everything they have to do <laughs> is just pretty incredible. Yeah. And and honestly, I can you know speak from experience in in this area where there's been friendships that I had a really hard time walking away from because I'm like, well. who's going to tell them what to do? Who's going to tell them, you know, what... And honestly, I had no freaking business because my life was a mess. Mm. And, you know, it's like, what's the point of having all this information when I can implement it in my own life, you know? So... So it's, it's, you get stuck in that God complex. and, And the problem with that is that you get to a point where you cannot maintain that. And it'll eventually the relationship will start ripping at the seams it'll it'll just fall apart and now you have two people that are not able to not only not save themselves or each other but they can't see they can't see out of the situation at all yeah it's just they just kind of you know put their 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 what is it the white flag up like i surrender i give up but yet they still stay in it and yeah, they kind of just give up they give on up trying on everything. to make it better. And they're just like, well, I'm just going to be in it now. Like mm-hmm. I, I, this, They just accept, well, I guess this is just what my relationship's going to yeah. be. And it's like, hmm. 
That's and I've seen horrible acceptance. so <laughs> many people and you know, we've seen Yeah, we've I've seen, seen people like, that are close to me exactly. being that friends and the family it's very where sad. It's been, you know, a marriage, um, or, you know, just a relationship and it's been for years and it's mm-hmm. like, wow. And again, I think we discussed it where we feel like, you know, we've we've never been told by you know, these um specific individuals but it's like they've had to have conversation like it had to come up like at some point through their their relationship like this isn't right this isn't good and like did maybe they tried to work on it and it just didn't work and it's just like but like there's just no way that they couldn't have seen it but unfortunately they're they're just individuals that you know because it's hard it's hard to see your toxic traits you can always yeah. see it in other oh, people for sure. you can see it in rela- i'm sure there's things about us that people are like yeah Ew. but you guys are kind of like this sometimes and you guys are like this trust me i'm you're probably saying it right now wherever you're listening <laughs> like dude i know derek like shoot shoot he's blah 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 but so yeah and, and i can 100 agree like it's easier to see it in other people and in other individuals but it's hard to look in the mirror and be like damn i'm like that or i need to work on that or we need to work on that so trust me guys we are not in any way perfect we're not even close to perfect no one is don't and that's another thing to always remember even even if it's not just in dealing with codependent relationships just in relationships in general never compare your relationship to anyone else's like a friend like you know, I always have a friend that talks about their spouse or someone at work or whatever and it's just like oh my why isn't my spouse like that or why isn't it? that's the it's like what is it mm-hmm. comparison is the death of joy like it just you it's you will thief. never yeah it's a thief, the thief of joy yeah because yeah. you'll you'll always be comparing so never compare yourself but um yeah i don't even know how i got and down that rabbit hole what i, I want to say like, something in regards to that where you know the comparison and it's so true because what works for us isn't necessarily going to work for you yeah. know someone else. And for example, maybe you know someone that's in, been in a marriage and they've they've been cheated on. You know, they have certain boundaries that we don't, mm-hmm. and they have to have those boundaries because it's yeah. it's a safeguard for their relationship. And again, open dialogue as to why they both agree on those boundaries. Exactly. The only thing that I want to say is to always. I'm going to say always, but try to periodically have open conversations about, okay, is this safeguard still working for us? Is this, is this boundary still, you know, is it still necessary? Because you guys maybe have outgrown that boundary. Or maybe it's now becoming an issue. Like the boundary that used to work for you guys is becoming something that is causing resentment. Exactly. And it's making this person feel trapped and there's honestly no need to have this this specific boundary because there's so much growth in the relationship mm-hmm. now that you guys are you have outgrown that boundary. So to have that communication to talk and say, hey, this worked for us, I don't know, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. We're somewhere completely different now. How 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 can we what can we do? Like what can we adjust here to make both of us not only still feel secure, but you know, seen and and heard and understood you know so again every relationship is going to look different because there's certain things that you and i and this is one thing that i always say you know no matter how i feel about the church and all that but going to marriage class really showed us a whole lot about our relationship and areas that we needed certain boundaries areas that we needed to you know we would have never talked about if if we wouldn't have gone to that class because there was things that did bother me and I never felt, I always felt kind of dumb bringing them up until it became a topic in one of the classes. And I'm like, 
oh, wait, no, yeah, we should talk about this, yeah. you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. we both have said it before and, we, and we'll always agree on it that, like, uh, again, whatever our experiences and how things turned out with our church, we'll never regret the years that we got from being right. in marriage class because exactly, you know, mirroring exactly what you said about found so much, um, or yeah, like found so much about myself and, and my role in our marriage and just okay. like the importance of it and the importance of different aspects of our relationship. Like it was a lot. So yeah, definitely yeah, opened our eyes to a lot of things. There was a lot of things too that were like, okay, it's a little too old school. I'm not gonna, we're not gonna do all that. But <laughs> you know, there's, there's some value in, in some of the things that we learned and you know, you, you take what works and you leave what doesn't. You yeah. Get, that's just, that's the, that's the, the benefits of, of, you know, having like, I don't know, some kind of common sense or wisdom yeah. where you, you don't, ha- not everything you hear, even on this podcast, obviously, not everything you, we say or you no, guys. No, everything on this podcast is 100% <laughs> true and you, you to the tea you freaking follow it <laughs> you know and you have you have the option you have the yeah. choice you and know? like you said what works for people even what works for the most healthiest like you know relationship marriage and they're, they're the authors of like books on codependency in a relationship or books on how to have a happy marriage they may have things that are like yeah follow these 10 steps and you'll have a happy marriage like you said, it doesn't work mm-hmm. for everyone. You fall, you get their 10 steps and maybe you follow three of them that really help your marriage and the other seven, you're just like, yeah, I don't have any need for those. So yeah, you just yeah. It's like self-help and like self-help books and podcasts and going to seminars. It's a buffet. You just pick from what, like what helps you and like interpret it in your way of like how you can actually um, execute that in your in your relationship and maybe alter it you know maybe mm-hmm. they, this is the, the the groundwork for it but then we also did this or maybe we tried this and that t- you know really helped us then do it like yeah. whatever helps you know I agree um, 100% the, the next one I'm let's like skip I mean we'll say it but I feel like it just goes with the whole thing that we talked about with like texting and like needing yeah, that yeah having word. that constant communication yeah it says you, you, know, you know hear from them yeah so that's the whole like okay I, I, I may be out with my friend and I text them and they didn't respond back like what are they doing like I don't know. They're probably out with their friend like they said they were going to be. So that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Like, I can kind of almost uh, relate to this one also where you can't make decisions on your own. It goes back to the, the first episode that we did. Um, oh, with the <laughs> tomato. With, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Where, I have you know, now anxiety <laughs> coming home from Stater Brothers aisle eight because what if I got the wrong spaghetti sauce? Because you didn't answer. And, you know, to to have that that type of anxiety and we laugh at it but no people really do oh no it's real they cannot (laughs) make any moves any decisions nothing without this person you know like having some kind of say or or just hearing from them just hearing their voice alone gives them that like okay now i now i can go on that's a codependency like you you like that's a root codependency yes. issue that you need to get help for or help and with. And I know? think it's a lot more common than people would probably want to admit. Yeah. You know, because I mean, again, for example, what I was, you know, telling you guys about were you being out on the road and me waiting for you to get home. I mean, I know again, that's a little bit of extreme, but I also want to add that I, you did not wait up. 
You were pretty much asleep when I got home. Mm, I was, was not. horrible. I was barely falling asleep. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, this could have been a different situation where maybe you were out with your friends. And I, you know, couldn't go to sleep until I heard from you. Or, you know, like, I, you called me just to let me know whatever, where you're at. Like, some people cannot function unless they know your every single move, every single step. And it's a it's a real thing you know and again like i said you know you being out on the road i was worried about you know making sure you were safe um it's not that's that's the healthy (laughs) the healthy um type of anxiety i guess you can say where i'm where you should have that for yourself exactly for their safety but it could have been a completely different scenario if you were out with your friends and i needed to know where you were at I just needed to know, yeah. you know, and that's the very unhealthy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah sure. I just want to give that example. Uh, the next one, you have a history of codependent or abusive relationships. Yeah. This goes back to where the first episode at the end of it, we talked about how easily something like this can become very toxic and can lead to not only mental abuse, but even going to physical abuse because the level of codependency varies. Okay. So there's almost like different levels. Um, you can be at level one where you're just, you know, you, for, for example, with me, when I had anxiety, I needed you by my side. Would I have ever gotten violent? No, no, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I, I really, unless I, I became like mentally insane then maybe, you know, but, um, that's, I would say that's almost kind of like a level one where it's just more because I'm scared, you know, and, and I had other things going on. We can go into a level two where now you become verbally abusive and you're calling and and you're, you know, making this person feel guilty for them. Demanding that they be demanding. Yes. And not respecting their boundaries or, you know, there's their personal space where you start going into and digging into their personal, you know, information and, and phone or whatever text. Mm-hmm. And then you go into the third level of where it becomes violent now, where now you're physically trying to restrain them, where you're you're mentally abusing them. Yeah, you can't leave me and you physically you stop them from leaving. Or like you manipulate <laughs> the situation so, so far that you now are making this person this person feel completely trapped yeah and this is the this is how far codependency can go and if we don't address it if we don't talk if we don't communicate if we don't set boundaries if we don't work on ourselves if we don't deal with our abandonment issues any of us yeah. can fall into that. That's exactly what I was going to say. I kind of said it earlier to where any any of these topics that we bring up um, on... I guarantee every person has done one of these. Yeah. And not then, one individual has not done at least one. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying is like so many things that we can go through when we're growing up, things that we could like actually go through or maybe we see our parents or brothers and sisters or, f- or close friends go through... All these things that just influence and, and affect how we grow up, um, it stays in us. And again, mm-hmm. if you go through trauma and you don't 
seek help for it, you don't express it, and you don't talk to someone about it, it just will lead to many of these topics that we, we talk about, like people pleasing and codependency and, you know, all the vast things that, you know, other topics we've talked about, um, it, it will lead to these things. So, mm-hmm. again, like if you maybe weren't in a codependent relationship before, but you saw like your mom go through it with your dad or your dad go through it with your mom or whatever, or you have an older brother and sister and you saw them be someone who was dependent or in a dependent relationship, that like your your brain when it's still growing up from age zero to like early 20s, like it's a sponge. You just, mm-hmm. you, you hang on to these things and you don't even realize like, oh my gosh, this thing had a really big impact on my life. I don't realize that I think this way because of so-and-so or because of this and it sucks because like unless something happens you won't like take the time to make that connection like hey i feel like i'm this way because of this maybe i need to like talk about that like Mm -hmm. and you see so many people that go through it and you know they're they're just oblivious to it and it it sucks even more is that when you, you know someone that does realize like yeah they, they've talked about this is the trauma I went through and I'm probably messed up from it but I'm not going to do anything mm-hmm. about it and it's like oh my gosh it's, it's even worse but um, yeah there's there's so many things where you you've gone through and then you don't address that and it just then trickles over into your next relationship mm-hmm. and then your next relationship and you get the people that are oblivious to it that don't even see the pattern and then you get the people that do see the pattern and then they just choose to not like want to fix it And a lot of the reasons why people are in a codependent relationship is really because of the avoidance, just Mm -hmm. avoiding the uncomfortable feelings, avoiding the reality of things, accepting, you know, maybe something that happened, healing from it, processing it. And they become very, I want to say it can go either way. It can either be the person that is dependent on one or be the person that is being dependent on. Mm. Um, they can both be in a in a situation of avoiding something. Yeah. You know, avoiding healing. Avoiding, you know, avoiding from seeing, avoiding uh, from seeing like the situation for what it really is. You know, so seeing the relationship for what it really is. Yeah. So, you kind of just engulf yourself in, in this person's needs. And um, at the end of the day, it's like you said, and I, I think we're kind of repeating ourselves now, but it really, I think one of the big signs of a healthy individual is being okay with being alone. Mm. There, There has to be a period in your life where you have to... Be alone and be okay with being alone because if you don't have that time to just process and to feel all those feelings of or emotions of aloneness, <laughs> then how can you really get to know yourself? Like, you know, all the, the dark thoughts that you have, all the, you know, just crazy things that you might think, like things that we're afraid of thinking, things that we're afraid of of accepting about mm-hmm. ourselves. Like, you're not really ever going to get to know yourself. And I'm not saying that you need to be alone until you know yourself, but I feel like be alone enough to be able to at least hear those things. Yeah. And maybe throughout time you begin to process them. And sometimes... 
there is times where you get with someone, you, you connect with someone where they help you see those things. But that's just an added bonus. It's not a, it's not a, like, it's not their responsibility, responsibility to show you anything. It's just kind of something that they do that maybe lights something up in you and you realize like, oh my gosh, I am this way. Or, you know, like something just comes up as a little light bulb. And, um, that usually happens when you're in a healthy relationship or in a really shitty relationship, (laughs) because sometimes you see the dysfunction that you have within you in somebody else yeah and you're like oh my gosh i'm that's that's a mirror of me and (laughs) yeah yeah. it's funny i mean like it's uh, a funny comedy movie of course uh but it's the movie i love you man where paul rudd is someone who's like addicted to his fiance and only knows her doesn't have any guy friends doesn't have any other friends he does everything with her Mm -hmm. um and he realizes he needs guy friends or whatever. So he meets Jason Siegel. And there, I always remember that scene. And it kind of goes with what we're talking about or what you're saying. Where he tells them, like, he's like, oh, so how did you guys meet? And like, oh, I forget. He tells her, like, I met her through this. And I had just gotten out of a relationship. And then I, I got into a relationship with her. And he tells him, like, oh, so there's no latch between the vag. Wow. Which it's <laughs> it's crude way to say it. But he it's his point he's trying to make where it's like, you didn't take any time between relationships. You didn't take any time between going from one girl and then just jumping right into it with the next. And what it's saying is like, you need, and it's not just for guys, it's for girls too. You need that time to where you, you really shouldn't as a young person or even, you know, whatever, middle-aged people that, you know, maybe got divorced or whatever. You need time in between. You need time to discover yourself to like, I've been in, especially if you've been in a relationship for, for a long period of time, now take that time to be like, okay, who am I now? And, you know, you get these people who are like, well, I, I didn't like who I was before my relationship. And I don't want to be that person again. It's like, dude, you're not that person anymore. Right. You have gone now years or months or whatever the case may be. And you have all those experiences under your belt. You are a different person. What might be beneficial is you get take some time to see that person meet that person talk with that person and get to experience and look through you know look at life through that those that person's eyes because you're now more mature you're more smarter and you have you know again those experiences under your belt kind of you know embrace that person before just you know either staying in a relationship or just jumping right into the next Mm -hmm. um self-discovery is like the most important thing and even if you are in a relationship being with someone that understands the importance of that self-discovery, that even as we are growing together in this relationship, we're growing as a person and giving, you know, giving that person in, you know, your spouse or your partner that time to go be on their own or, you know, go like we talked about in the last episode, take time for a spiritual journey, mm-hmm. take time to go out and go out in the wilderness and just hike by yourself, just be alone. Um, you know, giving them that personal space to do that is, is, is important. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely that fear of being alone that fear of abandonment all those things that we talked about really deny you that chance to really find out who you are and you don't you need to take that leap of faith of like i'm just gonna do it i'm gonna be alone and i'm gonna find out who i am and freaking million times out of ten you'll probably really like that person or maybe be surprised like oh my god i didn't think i was capable i didn't Mm -hmm. know who that person was so that's why i'm a big believer in shadow work and digging deep into your toxic traits because Mm -hmm. 
a lot of times we can get very hyper focused in, oh my God, I was in this relationship and this person was like this and like that. What kept you in that relationship? What is it that caused you to be okay in that situation? And a lot of times you need to really get to know yourself and know your own toxic traits to be able to see why you were stuck in this cycle. And um, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, when you leave a relationship um, or a situation like this where you're codependent or you decide to work on this and and heal and um, try to better the situation, what you need to do is work on you. You cannot work on the other person. I guess if you want to take anything away from everything that we've just said, you're not responsible for anybody else. At the end of the day, that's what it is. You have to work on yourself. <clears throat> you need to take responsibility of yourself. Everything else will take care of itself. And if it doesn't, that's their problem. Yeah. And you have to be okay with accepting that. I'm speaking more from the person that is dependent on. Um, the codependent person needs to figure out how to be alone, <laughs> you yeah. know, Do and also, <laughs> also for the person that is dependent on, yeah, be okay with being alone. Cause obviously you're okay with bad company. Yeah. I'm you're not, not you're okay with that person needing you and being attached to you. And again, I'm not saying that the other person's bad. I think everybody no has their bad. reasons it's... for doing what they do. You know, everyone's, we all have trauma in some way. Responsible for it. Exactly. You know? We all play a part in all of our, all of our relationships, you know, from our personal relationships, our friendships, our work, our everything, yeah. our neighbors, <laughs> you know, all of it. We all play a part and we're all responsible for what part we play. Yeah. So, again, it's I, the people that don't want to do the work to like address yes. these things, either with it's themselves or with their spouse or whatever. They, they're just like, that's hard. We have to talk about it. Yeah. Or maybe we have to go to therapy. Like, I don't want to do all that. Like, I'm just saying, like, we told our friend the other day, if you want to avoid, you know, two, three years of therapy, you just do some plant medicine. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> you, can, because, you can get that shit done in a weekend, bro. Dude, I'm we'll just go out saying. to Joshua Tree. We'll, we'll get it done. It's, uh, and talk about a, a journey alone. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God, we need to make an episode on that because <laughs> it's such a beautiful journey, but it is something you take. Yeah, it's you a, take, nothing you don't take it lightly. Even though there's people there, this is, you're doing this. Yeah. Like, this is something between you and whatever it is that you believe in, you know, the universe, God, like, the Holy Spirit, whatever. Whatever you believe this in, you This is a journey will... that you are going to walk alone and you are going to feel it. Yeah. And it's not pretty, but I mean... I'm just saying, this is why I'm a huge believer in like shadow work. If you don't know what that is, it's basically going into your dark side (laughs) and realizing that we're all kind of messed up (laughs) and we all have tendencies of being dependent or codependent. So, but that's for another episode. Yeah. So, So, um, but yeah, we're, we're all done with this one here. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening in on this one. Again, if you have any comments, questions, definitely reach out to us on whatever platform you're listening to this on. Um, We would love to hear back from you guys. Um, I apologize. My spouse didn't do a would you rather. She said she was going to have it ready. I'm just putting the blame on her. Wow. We, we both said it, but because like he's so dependent her. on me doing everything. Yeah, I depended on you to have that everything. today, and you didn't. So, 
Um, but we'll have it for next week. We'll, we'll get that posted up. So, um, again, guys, thank you so much. Have a rest of a beautiful, beautiful day. Yes. Bye. Bye.